Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. For those of you in North America, you probably know the movie The Wizard of Oz. But have you ever considered Dorothy's experience to be a true hero's journey story replete with life lessons for all of us? Join me for my special guest today, Peter Guzzardi, to see what you can learn for yourself from Dorothy. Hi, I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio, founder of The Baca Journey, fast-track technology for your co-creative power. For visionaries, innovators, company founders, and product designers, learn a system to download your new, original, and best ideas faster, easier, and without freaking out your nervous system. Peter Guzzardi is a longtime book editor who has worked with the likes of Stephen Hawking on A Brief History of Time, Deepak Chopra on 15 books, Carol Burnett on two memoirs, Susan Cain on Quiet, and Douglas Adams on his Hitchhiker novels. After 40 years working with authors, Peter realized his lifelong dream to publish his own book this past May of 2019 with the release of Emeralds of Oz, Life Lessons from Over the Rainbow. Peter has been featured in Publishers Weekly and oh, the Oprah Magazine. Join me in welcoming Peter to Wisdom Talk Radio. Welcome, Peter. Hi, Lori. It's great to be here. Oh, I'm delighted to have you here. And a funny thing is I live in Colorado, and Peter arrived in Colorado. Not in the same city, but so we're getting to do this in Colorado today. <laughs> so I've uh, written a lot about the hero's journey. And in fact, it's the way that I've organized my website in, in all of the writings that I've done over the years. I, I met Joseph Campbell and heard him speak several times. Um, he's, a, he's a love of mine. Oh, he's an amazing person, amazing yeah. human being, full of life energy, just the oh. string of life like between his teeth. Absolutely. Incredible man. Yes, yes. And so the hero's journey always speaks to me. It's how I, it's, it's one of the lenses, the main lenses that I see life through and, and my clients through and things like that. And so I'm interested about where, hmm, what's been your hero's journey? How have you found yourself here in this moment in time? Well, um, I'd say the obstacle that I had to face, which of course is a is kind of a critical first stage of the hero's mm -hmm. journey, um, took place very early in my life. I was a toddler. Uh, my family was living in Jakarta, Indonesia, uh, when I had polio, um, and I recovered. But the the disease left a mark on me, mm -hmm. um, and as a child. I turned to books as a way of kind of transcending my physical limitations. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that kind of passion for books led me to become an English major and then led to a job in book publishing and to becoming an editor and then to working with all kinds of wonderful people to help them tell their story. 
mm. uh, to clarify the language, to figure out what was really important, pair away the rest. Uh, and, and, and I just love the, 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 both the hands-on process of editing a manuscript and the very intimate connection that you develop with the author, because often these authors are, are opening their souls and their guts to you uh, as they figure out um, what parts of their story they want to tell and what's important. Um, and so it's a, it's, it's a really thrilling and exciting and a process where you, you learn every time, every book, every author, every relationship is really different. Uh, and as a triple Gemini, that's really important to me. In need of constant <laughs> stimulation, uh, this is a business that provides that for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And But then for you, so the, the polio was your inciting incident as... Right, that's right, that's right. But, but more recently... Um, because you published this book, and we're going to talk a lot about it, that really looks at life lessons and the, and the challenges that we all go through in life, some more successfully than others, some more willingly than others. And yet, you know, somehow you've come to this place where you felt moved to bring this gift out into the world. Yes, I, I think that, you know, every preacher tells Every preacher gives the sermon that they need to hear, right? Uh, and this this book is what I needed to hear. This book is a is a way of coalescing the various things that I've learned, um, trying to make sense of the various obstacles I've faced, uh, and and coming up with strategies that I really want to share with people that seem to be working, helping me with my anxiety, helping me with. Uh, my dependence on what other people think of me, weaning me away from that uh, and into kind of managing a life of my own. All these, these different aspects of, of, of moving from being a child to moving to becoming an adult, which mm -hmm. I think we do throughout our lives. Uh, I may be doing it later than most, <laughs> but, uh, but here I am, and, I, and I, it is a heroic journey. It is a tremendous task. It is really a difficult thing. Um, and, and so I just wanted to, I wanted to both figure out what I had learned. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's nothing like using a piece of paper or an empty screen to focus your thoughts and, and to coalesce them. Um, and then at once I discovered something that I got really excited about, these nine emeralds, and realized that they work together in this really cool way. Then I got all kinds of zealous about wanting to share that with people. Ah, and that, that is your, your, your message and your gift, like what you learned from your whole journey, or your multiple journeys. We don't just take one journey. Yes. Multiple journeys, so to bring that back out into the world. Yes, that's, that's, yeah, it really excites me when someone tells me, you know, I've used the emeralds and I used to be afraid I've got a job where I've got to fly uh, internationally. And I used to be terrified every time I got on a plane, but I used the nine emeralds and I'm like, good with it now. <laughs> just a 13-year-old girl is saying, you know, I can speak in public now. I never could before. That kind of thing just absolutely like bowls me over. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm imagining that our listeners are saying, okay, so what are these nine yeah. emeralds? <laughs> give me the emeralds already. Yeah, give me yeah. the <laughs> Well, so um, I had this idea. I, I work with all these brilliant people, right? And at mm -hmm. some point, this light bulb went off, 
that all of this wisdom that I was absorbing kind of osmotically through my work with them was right there in this film that I first watched when I was 11 years old. And it was a light bulb. And after the light bulb goes off, then you got to figure out like, so what does that actually mean? Uh, and how does it actually work? And so once I got a contract, I got a publisher excited about the idea, got a contract. And then I had to start digging through this film. Um, and I watched it dozens and dozens of times looking for the wisdom. And I found all kinds of, of, littler insights which are in the book and which are really cool and interesting but then i found these nine big chunks of wisdom that i call mm -hmm. emeralds um and each one of them has this power and i'll run through them quickly for you but but and then they, it also turns out that they have a power together which is the greater than the sum of their parts mm -hmm. um but um so let me give you some examples okay the emerald number one is listen to your longing so this is Dorothy. Each one of these is connected to an iconic moment in the film. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is Judy Garland stepping into the barnyard, beginning to sing that achingly beautiful song, Over the Rainbow. And, and what does she long for? Well, she longs for a place where troubles melt like lemon drops um, mm -hmm. at first. Later on, she's going to long for Aunt Am and for home. But this moment gives us the distinct impression that longing is the engine that's going to drive this entire film, just as it drives our lives. Mm -hmm. So this is a big moment, um, and it's the place to begin on our little journey of self-discovery that we can run through every time we face a big obstacle in our lives. So the first thing you do with whatever your big issue is, a big fight you had with your your colleague, your spouse, of a big decision you have to make about taking a job or not, or whether to have a child. So run through the emeralds and start with listen to your longing. You know, not, not just what somebody else expects of you. you know, not just what you've habitually done when you've been faced with this issue. Mm -hmm. But no, go deeper and just look for that quiet place inside you and see what that voice says to you. And as you begin to listen to your longing, you'll find that you feel centered. You'll find that suddenly you're oriented. And now you have a North Star that can guide you through this little journey you're going to take uh, in the face of whatever obstacle it is. Mm, that's so beautiful. And I remember a, a beautiful passage from that section that if we have time at the end, I might even read because yeah, it's great. so moving. Great. So, so that's one idea um, of how you, what about how you face your fears? Um, so the, yeah, so that that is, that's, you jumped right to the sixth emerald. Um, and well, in the film, Dorothy has to face her fears. She's forced to actually by the Wizard of Oz. You know, she's not going to be able to get away with um, just ducking uh, the Wicked Witch of the West he says, you've got, in order for me to bring you back to Kansas, for, in order for me to give your friends what it is they long for, you've got to go to the castle of the Wicked Witch of the West and bring back her broomstick. So Dorothy has to do this. Um, the message for you and for me is that we really have to do it too. Even if we think we can duck it much as we want to duck it, yeah. um, that sound behind us, those, that, those footsteps that are getting louder with whatever it is that makes us anxious or freaks us out, they're only going to get louder and louder until we stop, turn around, and look and see what's there. 
Yes. And most of the time, it's it's nothing, man. It's it's somebody else who's walking along the park just like you. <laughs> Every now and then, it's something that's not so great. You know, once in a blue moon, yes. And But now you're in a much better position to deal with that thing that's not so great. You know, you turn to that scary-looking person and say, leave me alone, back off, mm-hmm. uh, or blow your whistle, or what, do something that's going to help you in the situation. Uh, but But this is something that we all try desperately to avoid. Uh, fear is so uncomfortable. Um, we, or we push it away, we deny it, uh, but we have to learn to make fear our friend, get comfortable with our fear, comfortable enough to turn and look at it, and it will shrink, just the way it shrank for Dorothy. When she mm-hmm. went to that witch's castle, uh, when her friend was on fire and she took that bucket of water and threw it on the scarecrow's arm, it accidentally caught the Wicked Witch of the West and melted her. And that's what happens when you face your fears. They melt. And it's interesting because so often people get stopped with their fears and think, well, I'm not courageous. Or they think that they're not create- courageous because they're afraid. Instead of realizing that those two things go hand in hand. Absolutely. We're most afraid and we're still willing to turn around. Yeah, that's what courage is. Right, right. Courage is, first of all, the ability to acknowledge that you're afraid. Mm. And then to do something about it. Uh, That's courage. And in in a way, you're talking about the fifth emerald, which is realize that you already possess what you desire most. So if you're frightened, what do you desire most? You desire courage. And you know what? Even though we're all very confused from time to time about what, who we are and what we do and do not possess, the fact is that you and I possess courage. And just becoming aware of it, if that's what I desire most in this situation, I've got it. Now I've got to go dig for it. And now I've got to bring it out into the light. Uh, and as I do that more and more frequently, as I work with this fifth emerald more and more often, that courage becomes more and more available to me. You know, now it's not so hard to get to. I, I just got to it a couple of days ago. I can pop it back up again. So that's a really wonderful, it's a really difficult, challenging emerald, and it's a really rich and rewarding one. Realize that you already possess what you desire most. So it's changing the patterns, you know, recognizing the patterns that we all have, we've all created. I was speaking about that this morning in a class I was doing. And how can, we, how can we be with them with unconditional love, you know, to shift them into something different? Yes. It's, um, it, I don't know that you're, sh- you're changing the pattern. The pattern is still there. You're bringing awareness to a different aspect of yourself. Yes. The pattern's the pattern. It's established. It can wane. It can wax. Uh, eventually, you can largely leave it behind, but you're, you're kind of stuck with it. The question is, how can you work with it? Uh, mm-hmm. and you touched on a really great way to work with it, which is emerald number four, a choose compassion. Mm. That is so powerful. Um, choose compassion for yourself in whatever the situation is. Um, we're talking about anxiety. So whatever the situation is that you're facing, if it makes you anxious, have compassion for your anxiety. Okay. Um, anxiety is tough stuff. 
I've got it, you've got it. It's no fun. So have compassion for that. And then have compassion for the other people involved in that situation. Mm-hmm. If it's your spouse, your spouse has baggage. Your spouse has been through tough times. We all carry scars from our childhoods, from, from the parenting that our parents did uh, with their best intentions. We've all got those scars. So have compassion for them and for yourself. And things just somehow get easier. You know, the whole thing becomes more fluid. Um, just ease up on yourself, stop beating up on yourself. Mm-hmm. And suddenly whatever it is you're facing becomes so much easier to deal with. Yeah. And in fact, my experience is that it actually can really dissipate. Yes. Maybe it comes back a little, but you've got a whole different framework for it then. It can even transform. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you... Um, what's it? Well, look at the look at the Wizard of Oz. You know, look at those characters were transformed by Dorothy's compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have Dorothy could have been freaked out by a scarecrow that's talking, right? She could have said, you know, I'm out of here, mm-hmm. or I think we should build walls against scarecrows that talk uh, mm-hmm. so that they don't step into our lives. I mean, she could have done all kinds of of frightened or re- had frightened or repressive reactions, but she didn't. She chose actively chose compassion. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I help? Can I get you look awfully uncomfortable? Can I bring you down off that pole? And she does that again and again with the Tin Man. First mm-hmm. thing she's doing is looking for that oil can. Um, and with the Cowardly Lion, yes, she did have to give him a biff on the snoot in order to get him <laughs> to back off from Toto. Uh, but once she did that and realized that he was hurt and frightened, she immediately extended herself to him and said, why don't you join us? We're going to the Wizard of Oz to get these things we need. Why don't you come along and you can get yourself some courage? So compassion has, has literally has the power to take oddities and turn them into allies. Yes, yes. And, and it also makes me think about why people come together to... Mm, to do retreats, to do, to do personal growth exploration, to, to, to meditate together. It's that sense of community, that sense of yes. oh, we're, all, we're all doing this. Yes. Dorothy couldn't have walked the yellow brick road alone. Mm-hmm. Um, she needed friends, and they turned, mm-hmm. out to be, they turned out to make all the difference in the end. All the difference. got those friends by extending compassion to the creatures mm-hmm. she Beautiful. Met. And to kind of take that theme a little further, um, you talk about the Glendas, or the Glindas, rather. The Glindas, the good witch, that Dorothy along the way in so many different moments. But that we all have our personal Glindas, or or we could call them guides, that help us along the way. How has that been for you? Um, I don't know. My friend Jerry... Uh, believes in angels. I, I'm not sure I can quite bring myself to wholeheartedly endorse them, but he swears they're there, that we, we all get a batch of these angels at birth, and they're with us throughout the journey. And one thing that I'm fascinated by is Jerry says, the angels need to be called in. They need uh-huh. to be invited not always, sometimes they'll step in themselves, but there are times when they need to be, an, they need an invitation to step over the threshold into your life or they can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that 
issue here maybe is to look for opportunities to invite people that can help you into your life. I think we, we get stuck in this idea of I have to do it myself, this very American cowboy notion um, that in order to be really viable, we've got we to be tough and we've got to do it on our own. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're referring to is the fact that we, we need help. Yes, yes, we need to learn to rely on ourselves. And that's a big part of Dorothy's journey. She's going yeah. from childhood to adulthood. And she's got to take that, that kind of center of power that she's giving away to mm-hmm. people like the wizard and own it herself mm-hmm. by the end of the movie. Um, but we also can't do it alone. Um, there is a larger power, whether it's reflected in magic like Linda, whether it's reflected in a religious, a spiritual belief, um, mm-hmm. there is a larger power uh, you, that they talk about in AA uh, that that um, the characters in The Wizard of Oz referred to at, at some point. Remember in the, in the field of poppies where mm-hmm. they're falling asleep um, and they're they're being drugged by the Wicked Witch of the West, and and they're desperate. And fortunately, there are two of them that don't have lungs, so they're still standing. So we got the Tin Man and we got the Scarecrow, and they're going, like, "What are we going to do? What are we going to do?" And and the Scarecrow says, "Be calm, be calm, and everything's going to be fine." And then he goes, "Help, help, help!" He just loses. It starts screaming help, and that gives Glinda a chance. You know, then you see Glinda in this little pink ball. Uh, and she 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 hears the cry for help, and suddenly it starts to snow. So I think this is an invitation to each of us to look for that opportunity to bring in help from outside, yeah. and then to be willing to receive it. Yes, because absolutely. receiving is such a big thing that we we struggle or we fight against. Yes. So if I accept some help, I'm weak. Right, or I'm obligated, or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's, you know, there is assistance, at least in my system, uh, of, mm, we, there are those things that come to us from the universe. You know, it's like the universe does have our back, as my friend Jennifer Huff likes to say. Right. And so, if we acknowledge that, then we can look for where there is assistance that we might not ordinarily see it. Yes. Yeah, Deepak Chopra talks a lot about synchronicities. Mm -hmm. And and the more you look for them, as you get tuned into the fact that they are there, Mm -hmm. they start to show up more and more often. Um, Partly it's how we're hardwired, right? You you buy a... (laughs) A, a pink Cadillac, and suddenly you, every everywhere you look, you see pink Cadillacs. Well, if you're looking for synchronicity, signs that you're being supported by the universe, signs that you're on the right track, they're going to show up, uh, and that just makes you feel that much more capable and centered um, mm-hmm. and viable in the situation. Yeah, you've got that much more you're working with. Absolutely, yeah. air under your wings. <laughs> you talk about. Um, the link between the concept of home, which is very prevalent in, in uh, all of the Wizard of Oz, that issue of there's no place like home, which is what mm-hmm. finally comes to, and the meditative sound of home. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's problematic. It's a little problematic to think that 
I mean, Dorothy, Kansas is a really bleak place, right? <laughs> In this movie, I'm not dissing Kansas for right. all of you out there who are listening from Kansas. Great state. But in this film, yes. there's no question, it, it is portrayed ball. as gray and bleak. Mm -hmm. And it was a time in the 20s and 30s when it was a Dust Bowl. Um, so the notion that this child uh, is desperately going to want to leave this technicolor splendor of Oz to go back to this bleak landscape, this leave a place where she is a powerful force to being marginalized again in the way she was on that farm is a little, it's a stretch, you know, I, but it does make sense when you extend the definition of home to this place that is not just outside of you, but yeah. also within you. I mean, now we're coming to the end of the hero's journey, right? Now this is the, the prize at the end of her quest, mm -hmm. this knowledge that home is not just a place outside her. It is within her. And through this home, by stepping into it, my home, and you step into your home, you and I can meet on this home that, that everyone shares. Now we're in this kind of spiritual space that we all share. We're all interconnected in this way. And that's where OM comes in. You know, when you drop the H and home, what you're left with is this kind of, this power of this Vedic sound, which is the word from which everything sprang, from which creation sprang, the sound OM. And, and, and I just I thought that was really fascinating and seemed to resonate kind of perfectly with this notion of, of there is no place like home. That's mm -hmm. where Dorothy wants to be finally uh, yeah. and, and does return to. And it's that place of, of ultimate connection. Yes. With oneself and in that is all there is. Everything that there is, yes. That, that is so beautiful. So I'm curious, what was it like for you after um, all these years of working with some of personal development's most beloved and respected authors, my goodness, Stephen Hawking? Um, what was it like to go after your dream of publishing a book and then getting it published? Um, I, I felt I am not a wise person. I am not a guru. I am not, I am not Deepak, uh, who Deepak might claim that he is not a guru either. I think um, so. Yeah, which um, is a good thing not to be, right? Frankly. Yeah, well, it, it's a tough, it's a tough mantle to carry mm -hmm. for sure. But I work with people like Byron Katie and I work with people who are the real thing when it comes to spirituality. There are some people out there who are truly enlightened, mm -hmm. who are very close to reaching full enlightenment. Um, and I make no claims to that whatsoever. And that was a little difficult, putting myself in, in the role of the authority. Um, this is what I think. Um, this is what I am going to tell you, reader, you should do. It uh, was very uncomfortable for me. And finally, I just abandoned it. Um, it just didn't feel genuine. Mm -hmm. um, what I am is a seeker, just like you, just like all of us who, who are trying to kind of live a richer, kind of more connected life. I mean, that's what I want for myself and for other people. And, and when I've discovered something that I think is helpful, I know is helpful to me and think could be helpful to other people, um, wisdom, which is actually classic ancient wisdom, but kind of poured into a new kind of vessel that everyone can relate to, like the Wizard of Oz, um, 
uh, then, then I'm really, I get passionate about wanting to share it. And I share it as a person who's got just as many flaws, faults, and issues to overcome as the next person. So you're really, you're writing for and speaking to the, the seekers of the world. Yes, uh, folks just like me. I'm really writing and speaking to myself. Um, and yes. if it's working for me, then I, my hope is it could work for somebody else. <laughs> One of my teachers always said, you teach what you need to learn. Absolutely, you do. Yeah, and I, and I, know, I know as I, I've, I've taught a lot of classes in my life, like university classes, and I can only do it for a short time because something in me has moved on. And so I can't keep doing it. I have to then see what's next for me. Absolutely. Yeah, you've got you've to learn something new that you can then share. Mm-hmm. I think, Dale, if you've only learned one thing and now you're going to share it after a while, it's like, ah, yeah, what can I learn? The energy. That will excite other people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is there another uh, of the emeralds that you'd like to share with us? Um, let's see. I mean, one of my favorite emeralds is emerald number three which is celebrate yourself just for showing up. Mm. That's a great one. Um, I think we're all caught up in this kind of meritocracy. Uh, We can only celebrate ourselves when we've really accomplished something. Um, But this is an invitation to see this whole dynamic differently. What did Dorothy do to deserve the Munchkin Parade, (laughs) songs in her honor, the mayor, I mean, this incredible celebration in her honor. What did she do? She just showed up. That's all she did. Her house happened to land on the Wicked Witch of the East, happened to kill her. Uh, That happened to liberate the oppressed Munchkin people. Um, But really, she didn't have anything to do with it. She just showed up. And I think for all of us, the message is just by showing up, we can be having an impact on people in ways that we don't begin to understand. Um, Just by showing up for your kid, for your partner, for your friend who's in trouble, for for anyone that you lend a helping hand to, you have no idea what a wonderful thing. That that person could remember that act for the rest of their life. They could tell their grandchildren about it. And you have no idea. So celebrate yourself just for showing up. It's big to show up. It's yeah. really meaningful to show up and celebrate others for showing up. Celebrate mm-hmm. the barista who gives you a smile, you know, the clerk at the bank, uh, the volunteer firefighter who's going to come to your house and risk his life uh, mm-hmm. to, to save you. To save you. Um, so all these people are out there just showing up, but because they're just showing up, they're making your life richer in ways you don't even yeah. understand. So there's something going on there that I think each one of these emeralds gets activated when we become aware of it. So when you become aware of this emerald, celebrate yourself and others just for showing up, really good things start to happen. Yeah. And I feel the substance of that. I know how people can get sidetracked with thinking celebration is an ego trip. Right, right, right. You're speaking to. Yes. Yeah, that's our kind of white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've got to pull ourselves up. Everything's got to be hard. Or, uh, it's not meaningful, um, mm-hmm. but not really. Um, there's there's some, a, a principle in physics called entanglement, mm-hmm. um, 
where, where particles influence each other, even at tremendous distances. Physicists don't really understand how it works. But this works, you've got to believe that it's working for particles, and we are consist of particles, that it's working for us as well. So we are affecting each other in ways we don't begin to understand. And that's something to be aware of and to celebrate, because it's going on all the time. Yeah. And we can carry that attitude of celebration into that which we're doing in any moment. Whether yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah, this, this emerald just literally puts air under your wings like all the time. Mm -hmm. like, whatever you're doing, celebrate yourself just for showing up. Like, wow, yeah. I'm here. I yeah. came to work today. <laughs> you know, I got out of bed. Um, this woohoo, you know. And that's an active thing. I, I, I often make the distinction between something that's active and passive. And, and that is an active, an act, first of all, of showing up. But then the celebration is also active. It's not Absolutely. the passivity that we think of, well, I'm just going to wait here and stand around while the universe takes care of me. It doesn't work that way. No. Not show up first. Right. And I think it, it tends to work the other way. I think if we just kind of, if we're passive, then the weight of the world starts to mm. pull our shoulders down. Mm -hmm. So it's important to actively say, no, no, let me celebrate myself right now just for having walked through the door of my home after a long day. You know, I'm here and it's great that I'm here and you're here and it's great that you're here at the end of your long day. And let's, let's begin this interaction in a state of celebration. Ah, oh, that's so beautiful, Peter. Thank you. Oh yeah. I think it's very cool. It's all in this film. Uh, I think you can dig. I think one could spend lifetimes digging in this film and keep coming up with amazing insights. It's really wild. It is. It is. And you have, you've done the work for us with this film, which is beautiful. And now how can people find your book? Um, it's called Emerald Emeralds of Oz life lessons from over the rainbow. Um, it's available in bookstores. I have a website. Um, which is emeraldsofoz.com, okay. uh, or, or you can go to Peter Gazzardi, P-E-T-E-R-G-U-Z-Z-A-R-D-I.com. Um, and, yeah. Amazon? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Anywhere where books are sold, as they okay. say. Um, although, maybe the bookstore's out. Uh, you might have to order it or go to Amazon. I hate to steer people <laughs> to Amazon uh, at first, because um, I'm a big fan of my local independent bookstore. So if you have the time, it's not urgent. Um, the wisdom can wait a couple of days. Order it from your favorite local independent bookstore. Mm -hmm. um, and help or take a visit and see what else you find when you're going to pick this up. Absolutely, yeah. It's hard to believe that this is not the only book with wisdom in it out there. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but today, this is a good one to find, I suspect. Yes, I think I, I, what I hear from people is that um, it's a short book. It's a pretty book. And you can open it to any page. You don't have to, it's not a serious project. You don't have to sit down and think, I've got to clear a couple of hours to read this book. You can open it on any page and find a numbered piece of wisdom that you can kind of sit there and chew on and think, yeah, yeah that's cool. That, that, that helps. And what I think is also wonderful about it is that it's the kind of book you can read a little bit before you go to sleep. And it's going to seed your sleep with some beautiful wisdom. Mm. That's and, a great, and stop seeding your dreams as well. I love that idea. Yeah. I was, um, I, I heard from a gentleman whose wife was very sick, um, and he was saying that the book gave him a great deal of comfort, 
And he'd been reading a couple of pages each night to his wife before she went to bed. And my heart just absolutely melted. <laughs> I, I can imagine doing that. And so if it's all right with you, Peter, I really would like to read this short paragraph from the book. Terrific. Um, because it, it, it not only spoke to me, but the writing is magnificent. Yearning arises when the gulf between what you desire and what you possess becomes too great, which makes it all important to recognize this feeling when it shows up in your life. It's putting you on notice. When it gets strong enough, it will cast you off from your safe mooring and send you swirling into the unknown. Longing is a herald announcing that change is on the way hurtling towards you like a cyclone across a Kansas prairie. Oh, that's nice. Who wrote that? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty sweet. I must have been channeling at that moment. For I, I sure. think so. <laughs> I've always said for me, really for, for decades, that the unknown has been my kind of my North Star. Yes. In my path. Mm -hmm. you, you're and, drawn to it? It's always what I go towards because that's where I'm to go, yes. whether I knew it or not. Well, you've got courage. You know, in your case, you know that you're not, you're not looking for courage. Your courage is you're wearing it right on your sleeve. That's a, a very brave position to take, and, and I, I admire it. On the other side, on the other sleeve. <laughs> 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 well, thank you for reading that. That was beautiful. Oh. Thank you to you for being here and giving your time to our listeners today and, uh, and to me for just for joining me and playing in this way. Oh, I'm delighted to do so. This is great fun, Laurie. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And remember, you can find Peter's book, Peter Gazzardi. Go check it out. Emeralds of Oz, Life Lessons from Over the Rainbow. Thanks for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. Remember, you can find us on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening today, why not leave us a review? And for more about connecting with your own creative intelligence, find me, Laurie Seymour, over at thebacajourney.com. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook. <laughs>